If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Quantum Revenue Expansion, where we keep you motivated, inspired, and thinking big. Up-leveling into quantum revenue is a choice that we can all make in any moment and then continue to make that choice to stay in that space each day. On this podcast, Ursula will share revenue growth strategies to reach your next level and introduce you to CEOs just like you who are making it happen. What's your next quantum leap going to be? See it, own it, and take that first step. If this is you, then Ursula wants to invite you to join us at the next 2X Intensive now. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. You're listening to Quantum Revenue Expansion with your host, Ursula Menchez. Let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Quantum Revenue Expansion, the podcast. Super excited to have you back with us today because we have a very, very, very special guest, Lylan Gabriel. And we're going to talk about perfectionism, pivots and perseverance, running a bricks and mortar retail store during a global pandemic. Lylan, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. We're going to have so much fun having this conversation about what you've done to grow the store, to hire, and to survive and thrive during a pandemic, which was not easy. And, you know, in California, you're still kind of coming out of that. I mean, other states, you know, we're a little bit ahead of you, but it's, it's just a crazy time. So we were delighted to have you, and I'll introduce you in a moment. For our listeners all over the world, we we love you. We're grateful for you. For our listeners in the Ukraine, we send our love and thoughts. And it's just an interesting, you know, time in the world. And so know that you've all been in our thoughts and in our prayers. And for anyone who's been affected by what's happening in the world, we we are all we're all together in this on this one spaceship of planet Earth. And you know, it's just a time when as CEOs, we get to really you know, make a difference or um, send money to those organizations we care about. And it's one of the reasons I do what I do. And I do this with Rebecca and with our clients like Lylan, because we want to make sure that we can make more than enough money to have the overflow so we can give back to the organizations we care about when we want to do that. And so if you've been feeling like all the things that are going on, I just want to remind you to stay grounded, stay centered and be the best version of you. Keep your company healthy, keep your company growing, because that is how you can impact the world even more. 
Also, if you haven't yet, go to UrsulaInc.co for the Quantum Revenue Expansion Masterclass. It's a three-part course where we do everything from talk about your brand new quantum revenue container. We talk about how to up-level your prices, your packages, and your, mar and your marketing, which a lot of our clients can get stuck with when they increase their, their monthly revenue. It's like, well, how do I raise my prices? How do I change my packages? And finally, in the third part, we talk about how to collapse time and reach your quantum revenue goal even faster. And for some of you, We've been talking about the two X intensives. If you want to take the leap, let us know. There's lots of information in the show notes about that. And as always, if you like listening and you want to tell others about it, please, please um, leave us a review. We really appreciate that. And I love reading the reviews. It reminds us why this work is so important and why we should keep going. All right. With that, let me introduce you to the amazing Lylan Gabriel. She owns a specialty grocery store with her husband in Southern California. She has a graduate degree in psychology and a background in administration, recruitment, and marketing. She is passionate about making Asian food more accessible. She and her husband survived, then thrived through the pandemic. So we're talking about, again, perfectionism, pivots, and perseverance, running a bricks and mortar retail store during a global pandemic. So let's just jump in. Talk to us again. But tell us a little bit about um, the start of your store, how that happened, and then what it was like to really move through the last two years. Okay. Um, so we, um, when I uh, first came to the U.S., um, as you can probably tell um, from my accent, I'm not American. Um, I'm actually from the U.K. Uh, when I first came to the U.S., I knew I didn't want to um, do a regular job, um, but I wasn't sure, you know, what I wanted to do um, until I saw um, this ad in the local paper um, and it was for a, a local business plan competition. Um, so I did that, um, won the competition. Um, and that's also how I met Ursula and Rebecca um, because um, you gave a ticket to your sales camp course. Back in the day. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, I did that two days. Um, and so the business plan was based on running a 24 hour coffee shop. Um, and we, so we were looking for a location. Um, it was actually, it, it, it took us about two years and we just thought this isn't happening, you know? And I actually started, um, it was kind of one of those setbacks where I just thought, oh, this is gonna be easy. You know, I've written the business plan, you know, everything's just, we're just gonna find a location and it's just gonna happen. And, and it didn't, so I kind of, um, I started feeling a little bit lost and a little bit down. And I just, and you know, it's kind of one of those setbacks where, you know, that, that just happens in business, you know, um, sometimes you have a plan, it just doesn't go forward. Um, but then one day my husband um, was looking on Craigslist. He saw this grocery store for sale and um, it took a month, but we took over and this is four years later. So we've been running for four years now. So that's yeah. amazing. Like, who knew you could find a business on Craigslist? <laughs> like, just like that. No, it's apparently it's really common because um, I think a lot of mom and pops um, do that. So, um, and even some brokers are advertising on Craigslist. So, yeah, yeah that's yeah. amazing. So you part you and your husband you purchase the store. Yeah. What were like some of the kind of 
maybe shock and awe moments or things you didn't expect. Like, I think, you know, we think it's all roses and, you know, we yeah. make it sound so great. I mean, especially now, like you're just in a different place, but when you guys yeah. first purchased the business, were there any surprises or things that you just didn't um, expect? Well, to be honest, buying a business is like buying a new house. You know, you have this vision, you have these dreams and you have this new owner energy. And we were still in that quite a bit. Um, you know, I mean, I still remember my first day, you know, it was great. We're like, oh, we own a store, we run a business, you know, this is all, this is ours, you know? Um, and it's like buying your first house. It's like, right. you know, you're just still in that energy. Um, but I'd say probably the most shocking stuff was, um, you know, some of the customers because there's no filter you know, with, when you're, you're dealing directly with the general public. And yeah. I remember the first time someone was upset with me and it was mm-hmm. about four or six months into the business. And I think something was out of stock and she was just really upset. And I just, um, you know, and I almost didn't know how to handle it because, you know, I, I, we didn't have an alternative to offer her. And it was just like, you know, and, and just sort of, you know all that negative emotion and she was just really really upset um and you know we have unfortunately during the pandemic had to deal with that a lot um you know so it was kind of um it was a little bit of a precursor I mean some people are gonna love you yeah some people are gonna be upset you know and you have to sort of be able to handle both basically um but I think you know, both my husband and I are kind of mid-career people. So we already had a lot of transferable skills that, you know, we could sort of, you know, we'd been through some failures, we'd been through some setbacks. So it, it, you know, I think, and also being in that new owner energy. So we kind of, um, it wasn't as up and down as it can be. So I think we we were kind of okay. There, There weren't too many surprises, thankfully. Yeah, because you know we, we saw them in a in a more positive light. It was more like, oh, this is an opportunity. We can do something with it. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, I think it's uh, you know very. I think what's interesting about you, what you said is, I think as business owners, especially women business owners, there's not many of us that love criticism, right? Yeah. <laughs> what's yeah. different about your business is that it's bricks and mortar, so people are literally in your face. Yeah. It's like, I can imagine how hard that would be for those of us who don't like to get a bad review online or don't like if you get a client email where they're upset. I can imagine a totally different world when someone's right here yeah. upset yeah. because you don't have the right, you know, condiment that they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you've been in the business now four years. What, what advice, and this would be good for our listeners, what advice would you give to your, yourself four yeah. years ago about perfectionism and criticism and all the things that showed up that you don't have to be perfect um that some people will love you regardless and you need to find your customer because right now a lot of these guys that you you took over um were from the previous owners and they are not your customer you know you need to find your people you need to find your support um and down the line um there will be people giving you those five star reviews um you'll make small mistakes and they'll be okay for you know because of it they'll they'll be fine they'll forgive you um and it's actually not so bad yeah yeah, yeah. that's such a good reminder that of, like 
that if we just, it's like, if we just focus on the one customer who's in our face yelling at us, yeah. we forget about the 10 other happy customers yeah. standing in your store in that moment, glaring at the person yeah. who's yelling at you because <laughs> they love you so much. I so know. And yeah. And uh, the thing is, you can't be perfect. I mean, I, I know, I mean, I've heard stories that there are people out there who have these thousands of five-star reviews and I don't know what they do to get those because realistically life's not perfect. We're not perfect. Our business isn't perfect. We can strive for it. Yeah. Um, but realistically, you're probably not going to get all five-star reviews. You might get one or two one-stars, but right. hopefully they're just a handful. There's going to be some people that you just can't help. Right. You know, that's a great um, reminder. Yeah. Because, and here's the thing. If I, if I am going to go look at your reviews about your store, I would find it to me, it's unbelievable. And everybody has five star reviews. I immediately think they paid for them. It's yeah. more believable. Cause I can read the one star reviews and be like, Oh, it's such a joke. Like get over that. Really? That's what you're complaining about. And that makes me like your store even more, especially if you've responded nicely below yeah. it. Yeah. So I, yeah, for our listeners, I think it's a great reminder that five-star reviews aren't all they're cracked up, cracked up to be. I mean, you want them, yeah. but you, you know, accept that you're going to get a mix and accept that your ideal client is going to be able to discern based on the reviews, whether or not they should come to your store and they're going to see the right thing. So yeah. 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 All right. Well, I want to, so, you know, we've covered perfections. We have a lot of things to talk about today. So okay. the word of 2020 that we all said way too many times was pivot, right? Because we didn't have a choice. And like I was said, if I, in 2021, I was like, I'm not going to say pivot again. Now in 2022, <laughs> I'm like, I can say it again and like not get upset about it. So for you, especially, right. So the, you know, the pandemic starts, the masks start to come out, the yeah. news alerts are coming out. Yeah you're in California. It, it seems like it was for a while. It was like different every month. There was just different information. You take your mask on, you put it back, you know, you take it off, you take it off, you take it, you know, people are upset either way. It's just all that noise. And then you're wondering what to do with your store. So tell us about what kind of pivots did you make to, so that you could persevere through the pandemic? Okay. Um, well there was, um, there was a lot of misinformation out there and even people who um, were in charge and people who were supposed to know, um, they weren't, you know, it seemed like they weren't sure what kind of information to give out. Um, You know, it's, you know, for example, um, you know, they were uncertain about the surgical masks. So they were telling everyone to wear cloth masks. And now there's new research suggesting that cloth masks are ineffective. So it kind of, there was a lot of, goalpost moving and backtracking and so it just there was so much uncertainty and I think in some people it created a lot of fear sure, um, of you know and I certainly was scared you know um you know the people around me were scared and sort of managing that it, it was tough yeah. you know um but I do want to say um you know as, as one highlight you know even amongst all that um, the first day of the lockdown was actually our best day ever, you know, which was, yeah, and it, it was like we made, um, we made our um, monthly income in one day, and we were just like, you know, what is going on? And it was still just my husband and I at the time, and we just thought, oh my god, you know, people just we we came to the store, it was there was a line 
in front of the store we'd never had that and as soon as we opened the doors people just rushed in they were grabbing things and it was just you know it, it literally looked it, it was literally like um you know locusts had hit that that's how empty we yeah. were by the end of the day you know um but you know that was i think we in a way we kind of needed that shock because it was like this is real you know we have to do something about this you know despite the uncertainty do we go on you know do we keep the store open um and i spent a lot a lot of time online looking at what our competitors were doing looking at what other grocery stores were doing and no one knew what they were doing you know some of our competitors closed their doors for two weeks temporarily I mean, that meant no income for two wow. weeks. Um, they said they were going online. And eventually they they did, you know, set up an e-commerce website. Um, other people reduced their hours. It was just, you know, there was so much uncertainty. And But, you know, I realized, I think there was a moment when I just realized, you know, that really there were just two important things. Um, and as long as I stuck to those two things, I, everything was going to be okay. And that was basically um you know the safety of me my husband our customers you know our community and then the second thing was um continuity of the store so mm -hmm. i was just going to do whatever i need to do to keep this store going if that meant we had to go 100 online then i was prepared to do that you know um if we had to have restrictions about masks if we had to lock the door and let people in one at a time you know just to do whatever yeah um to keep going but stay safe um, so every decision I made for quite a few months until we knew we had more information was just about those two things, you know, safety and continuity. Um, so, you know, in terms of pivots, we did um, because people were buying so much and we were having to restock more frequently. It also meant that we had so much data in terms of what was selling, what was not selling, who was buying what. So it meant that. I could make better decisions in terms of what new products to bring in. Um, I could look at pricing. Um, you know, things are moving so fast that it was like getting um, a year's worth of data in a month. Amazing. You know, so you know there was just all that to analyze, and and it just helped me make better decisions. So um, we also it also meant that we could accelerate our plans because you know we had better cash flow um money was starting to build up in in the bank account um you know and i could start basically serving the customers that we wanted to serve you know and more people were finding us so um more people that were our customer were finding us um so it just everything just accelerated because of the pandemic for us and and i think a, a lot of grocery stores um experienced that because you know restaurants were closed bars were closed yeah. a lot of people were working from home so and they you know schools were closed so they had to feed their children you know had to feed their family a lot of people were turning to home cooking so and they wanted to mix it up a bit so you know a lot of people we found new customers who'd never cooked asian food before you know and so i realized that you know we were in a unique position to educate people you know, to introduce people to new flavors, to new products. And um, and that part really excited me, you know, despite all this stuff going on, um, yeah, yeah. you know, it was an exciting thing to go down that avenue and, and build a stronger following and, you know, have more customers. So, yeah. So quite a few pivots in there, actually. A lot. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, like as a grocery store, because you, 
you didn't have to stay open, but you were courageous. You and your husband were like, we're just going to serve our customers. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like that folk, like you've just always had that focus. Like how do we serve our customers at the highest level? And because of that, you benefited. And it's so great. It's so great when, you know, smaller businesses, it's so great to hear that because I know a lot of big stores and, you know, good for them as well, benefited from the pandemic, but there, there were a lot of small businesses that didn't. So it's great to hear how much, you know, it it supported you. So during that time, so, so as you were having that revenue growth, it sounds like you were reinvesting in the business. Let's talk about money. So, I mean, the pandemic was an interesting time for that to be the time when like things were, you know, unexpected blessings. Right. But when you look back at your growth, you know, with the, with your business and just how you've had to grow personally around money, how we all do right. As CEOs, what are some of the biggest, um, or what was the biggest myth about money and revenue that you've had to overcome? I think the biggest myth was probably that all it takes is hard work. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a Gen Xer. Um, and I had, um, silent generation, um, parents. So, you know, they, you know, they always told me, oh, you know, as long as you work hard, then, you, you know, you'll get everything. You just put your head down, work hard. And there are so many more factors that lead into success and, um, you know, in sales and revenue than just working hard, you know. And, you know, there's there's even an element of luck, you know. You see the opportunity. So I'm not just saying you don't work hard at all you know just rely solely on blind luck because it it's not I mean a lot of stuff has to actually come together you have to be prepared you have to be at the right place at the right time and you have to recognize that opportunity you know um and I think uh you know sometimes people think you know it's easy you know because they think well yeah I'll just work hard even though hard work isn't easy but they just say oh they're just that one thing Right. But it's it's not, you know, you, you can't just put your head down because you there's also stuff outside of your control that's in the control of other people, you know, so that because of that human element, there's always going to be a, a small element of risk or luck or, you know, something like that, that the little bit of unknown that you, you just, you know, you might be 99% there, but it yeah. still might not be enough. I mean, look at the Olympics, you know, they train for years and then just that one second of of maybe doubt or something and it just you know that it's just gone so it's yeah it so I would say that's probably the biggest myth is you know it all it takes is hard work that's it yeah to be successful and it's that's not true at all you need it but it's not the only thing it's not and sometimes when we're, like you were saying, when we're in that kind of cycle of hard work, hard work, thinking that's going to be the thing, yeah. you just get burnt out. And yeah. for, for our listeners, I'll just invite you to really you know, think about that. You know, where are you working really hard that you're not getting results? Maybe there's some other pieces that you could put in place. It's even, you know, like think about going to the gym or it, it, weight loss is one like weight loss is not about going into the gym and working really hard because that can drive your cortisol levels up. Right. And you, whatever, like might not lose, like what? And so it's figuring out what am I supposed to eat? What are the best times? It's like really studying that. And it's the same in in business. It's really studying as we talk about, you know, what are the things that are going to move our business forward this week? 
And when you focus on, you know, in the CEO table, we focus on three a week. Like what are the three things that are going to move your business forward this week? I do the same thing in my business. I, I have my many lists. <laughs> what are the three <laughs> things that I need to do to move the business forward this week? And it works. It works. And those aren't the hard, it's not work hard. It doesn't mean I, I love doing those things. Sometimes it feels like a little hard work, like writing copies and always my favorite thing, but I do it and it moves the business forward. So yeah. beautiful. So let's yeah, keep but, going. So yeah, go okay. ahead. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, to me, I think when you just work hard and you just put your head down, you're always just looking down, but there's also stuff mm -hmm. up there in the horizon. And it's, I think as a CEO, it's really important to, be able to scan your environment because that's when you see the opportunities, you know, the yeah. things that you can leverage. Yeah. So yeah. true. Stop looking down, start looking up. Yeah. Oh, that might be quotable. <laughs> that might be on a tweet. Okay. Uh, thinking about revenue still, what are your top two tips for busting through an income ceiling? Like if somebody has been, you know, stuck at 20,000 a month, it just seems like forever. And they're like, what I'm stuck. I'm stuck. What are your tips for them? Okay. Um, I would say um, two main things. Um, look at who you're targeting. You know, who is your customer? Are you really talking to the right people? Um, you have to really know your customer, you know, because if you don't know your customer, you're wasting your time on marketing, talking to the wrong people. Um, you know, if you don't know your customer, you're not providing them the, with the right level of service, the right services. Um, you know, they could actually want more from you um, and you're not doing that yet. Um, the other thing is um, marketing slash advertising slash sales. Um, you have to try all the things because you don't know what works. What works in um, your industry doesn't necessarily work in someone else's industry. Um, what works for your location, for your type of business, for you, for your company, doesn't necessarily work for, you know, everyone else. So you have to try the things to figure out what works. Um, and there is an element of throwing spaghetti against the wall. Unfortunately, you have to kind of go through, no, you have to have done that. You have to go through that experience because you have to figure out what works and always take a test and learn approach. Because, you know, if you think, that everything's guaranteed you're in for a lot of disappointment and you have to just keep trying things because things change you have to pivot you have to uh keep looking for the opportunities and you have to keep growing yeah so yeah. good I'm laughing because I say that to myself all the time oh that was more spaghetti against the wall like <laughs> I mean you name it coming you know with marketing we probably tried it in some way and like you said sometimes and you have to try it long enough to see if it works. Yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes it works for a while and then it stops working because yeah. things change and shift in the world yeah. and what people are paying attention to. So, so marketing is tough to be committed to marketing and, yeah. or find genius people who want to do it for you and want yeah. to be on your team. Yeah. And that's, you know, just anyway. Okay. All right. I want to make sure we save time to talk about hiring. Okay. A lot of our CEOs, myself included, right? Like when you're going to scale a business, you need yeah. a team, you need support. Yeah. We talk about that at 2X Intensive. We talk about the CEO table. And yet it can be one of the most challenging and scary things. It feels like we're getting married. Like I liken it to, it feels like we're looking for a life partner <laughs> and we're bringing them in. And it's, it's a, can be a stressful, yeah. a stressful time. And yet we also know on the other side of it, 
there's freedom and peace and a lot of other things when you find the right team members. So would you be willing to share a little bit about your, just your hiring experience and what you've learned? I mean, you had, you, you know, you have your organizational psych background, like you have, um, or occupational as you call it. So you have that, it's not like you didn't know what to do. It was more about doing it and having yeah. the courage and yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was a mindset thing. Um, you know, and I've, you know, I, I've taken, you know, your programs and, you know, so I understood the, the issue about time, you know, and team and, you know, systems and processes. Um, but there was like a, it was almost like an emotional block. Um, you know, my husband, and I had been running the store for um, three years and so it was quite kind of quite intimate you know we had a certain way of doing things and so letting someone into that physical space you know letting someone in that was really tough you know and I remember you know the call with you and Rebecca and you guys literally had to twist my arm and just make me do it because (laughs) you knew what was good for me and but that's the great thing about having coaches you know that they they see your blind spots you know and they know um you know you guys knew that I had to do this to grow you know and I really appreciate that you guys did that for me you know that was a gift um, but yeah, it, you guys literally had to twist my arm to, to do this because I didn't want to do it. I really didn't want to do it. I remember. You know, I just really, I just thought I can't do this, you know, and because I started thinking, you know, what's going to happen, you know, and I started spiraling and think, oh, what if they're like this? And then what if we have to fire them? And what if they don't turn out? And then I'm going to waste all my time and, you know, and then it's going to take a while for them to even learn. And then am I patient enough and I think a lot of like um businesses in our position you know owner operators family businesses that start off um where it's quite an intimate group of people you know and and no real outsiders if, if as it were um go through that because it's a big step to let someone in you know and it's a big step to take time out of your day to train that person and be patient with them and give them time to actually learn the business and to learn their role. Um, and I know a lot of a lot of like um, solo entrepreneurs fail at that step. You know, they just can't get over it, you know, and they'll say things like, um, oh, you know, I tried hiring, it took t- too much time. I can't find the right person, they, you know, and I needed to make money because, you know, if I didn't, then, you know, I couldn't pay my bills, et cetera, you know, and they don't want to actually take time and be patient and train this person, yeah. you know? Um, and, but once you get over that hurdle and this person starts making a difference, then you just realize, you know, I'm glad I did that. I'm just so glad I did that. You know, I'm mm-hmm. really glad that I did that. Yeah. You know, so give us an update. Where are you in the process now and what have, what do you know now? Okay, well, what I know now is that um, it was worth it, you know. Um, where we got really lucky. Um, Did you? Yeah. <laughs> or, do, or do you just bring, do you create the luck? That's the question. Uh, well, okay. yeah, it's, um, I, don't, I, I guess you could argue it both ways. Um you know, I made it happen. You know, my husband helped me implement it. He, he's a great, he's, um, he's former military. So he has great experience in terms of managing and training, especially from the ground up, 
so someone who knows nothing um he's very good at that you know um so you know i was lucky that i had his support um and i think you know we've got two great employees um you know they may not stick around but for now you know they're really helping us with the business and and it means that i have more time to focus on the ceo stuff you know and so to me you know that was really important it was really important for me to do this um i mean it could have gone the other way you know um i could have been on a coaching call with you and rebecca saying oh no you know they've just done something i need to fire them this isn't working and and i did you know there was a moment where i slightly struggled with that you know i sort of hit my first bump and i thought oh do i need to fire this person do i need to you know is something you know is this wrong but um i held my nerve and I would say that, um, you know, it, it's really worked out. It's really worked out for us, yeah. you know. Um, but I think anyone who's listening to this, um, I would say just just try it. Just try it. Have some patience. Give them time. Um, make sure you set the benchmarks. You know, make sure, you know, they know what they're doing. You know what they're supposed to be doing. Have checkpoints, as Rebecca always mentions, your ins or in inspection points where you are checking their work. Um, it's not a fire and forget. You know, you can't just give them one hour training and expect them, oh, they can just get on with it. You know, you right. do have to keep checking in with them. Um, for example, we have monthly evaluations, and that might be a lot. For, for our size, but we just thought it was important. <clears throat> you know, it was important to make sure everyone was always aligned. And I think it's also an opportunity um, for employees to talk back with us as well, you know, if they've got any feedback, because it's it's in a retail store, you don't always have the time. So you kind of need that platform. Yeah, I think, and that's such an important point. So even when you're at that moment of like, is this the right person? Something kind of went wonky. You had those inspection points, you had the conversations and you just kept going. And it's a great reminder that a lot of moments are teachable moments. And sometimes yeah. we just have to, but, but you've, you've done that. You've set up the meetings, you have the regular conversations. And that's the piece about hiring is once we hire someone, we got to train them yeah. and we, we got to support them and yeah. really see what they need. Yeah. All right. So final question, and then you're going to tell us all about your store. Final question. What's your best piece of advice for a CEO who might be maybe has, you know, bricks and mortar, maybe has um, an online business, but they're, maybe they're having a tough week. What's your best piece of advice for them? I would say, um, don't just focus on um, the week because sometimes you will have bad days, bad weeks. Um, look at your month, look at your quarter, look at your year. Um, with a bricks and mortar store, um, you know, sometimes we're at the mercy of the weather. Sometimes we're at the mercy of a local um, road closure, you know, stuff happens and you kind of, um, it's really important to be able to um, go with the flow of things that happen because you will have setbacks, you'll have disappointments, you'll have failures. Um, and really the most important thing is to get up, you know, get up and keep going um, because if you don't get up, you really will have failed you know and that's what pivoting's about you know you have to keep going you have to get up get up and just get oh, up right just get up, get up. up. <laughs> yeah and, and focus on the bigger picture don't focus yeah. on the minute it's easy to get stuck in like oh this is what's happening this week but 
then you lose track of all the great things that have already happened this year. I mean, have a pity party, you know, sometimes, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Sometimes pity parties. I mean, you need to get out the emotion, but after you've done your little cry or beating yourself up or whatever it is, being the CEO means you have to show up, you have to hold the vision, you have to hold the belief and do whatever it takes to get yourself back on that horse. You know, I mean, I've had setbacks, you know, um, supply chain was yeah. wonky, it's still wonky. You know, I overordered. we had a month in the negative and I just thought, oh my God. And it's really easy to get, to put a lot of negativity and emotion into your setbacks. But that is just the, the the small things. You know, the bigger picture is you're probably having a great month or a great year. You know, so you can't just focus on the, those small little negatives. So you get up, keep going, keep showing up. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. So many gems that you shared. This is a lot this of fun. So I know fun. <laughs> this may be one that I think other people will listen to. And someday, you know, Lylan, maybe have your own podcast. You'll be talking about your store and growth and all oh, the things. Geez. You're such, such a natural. Such a natural. Oh, so see. thank you. On that note, so if I'm in Southern California. Or if I'm going to visit Southern California, yeah. how do we find you? And I know you also have a cool way for people to get connected and also get a special gift. Okay. Um, well, if you look us up online, um, we are um, our Facebook page is um, Asian Mini Mart Menifee. Um, so that's M-E-N-I-F-E-E. Um, we also have an Instagram under the same username as well. And I think in the show notes, you, you'll you'll have it listed, right? Um, so we also have a mobile VIP program. So if you want to join that, um, you can text MART, which is M-A-R-T, to 40691. Um, if we update that, um, we'll put it in the show notes um, for Ursula as well and your listeners. Um, and the first gift um, we'll give you if you join that program is you can come in and we'll give you a free flavored green tea. Mm-hmm. And if you stay on the program, we do have a monthly prize draw, um, which is a 25 buck gift certificate. And we are going to be offering um, some exclusive offers just for that channel. So you won't get it on any other of our social media or anywhere else. So uh, it is worth joining that program. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. And no I make it to SoCal next time. It's been two years, like everything, you know, just has been shut down, all my events and everything. I'm coming to your store. So <laughs> I can't wait to like, I hope you're proud out. of me. I hope you're proud of me. If you walk in and oh you be I'm sure I will be more than, I mean, I'll be so happy for you and your husband and just all the things, how hard, how hard and smart you guys have worked through a very challenging time. And I'm just, I'm, we're, Rebecca and I are in awe of you more than like different than even proud of you. We're just in awe of what you've been willing to do, even when you didn't want to do it, like hiring, you know, I think that as CEOs is, is, is such a big deal. My favorite quote by Eleanor Roosevelt is you must do the thing you think you cannot do, right? And when you do it on the other side of that is is the peace and freedom. Yeah. And Lylan, we're just so lucky to know you and to you. be part of your world. You. I and feel really blessed being part of the group and yeah. And just everyone all the group things. loves you. I love all your posts. Um, Lylan is amazing about just sharing so much wisdom. And so anyway, if you're in SoCal, 
go meet her in person. She's internet famous now, right? She's a good <laughs> So you're going to want to get connected hey, with This her. is my 15 minutes, you know. Yeah, so I, think, I think conference speaking is in your future. I think there's so many things. So anyway, thank, thank you. you for being here. We wish you and your husband so much no success worries. in 2022 right. and beyond. All right. Thank all you. Right. <laughs> and to our listeners all over the world. Oh, we're so grateful for all of you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. We hope this show inspires you to keep going, motivates you to do something different and just stay on it. As Lylan said, just keep getting up, keep getting up, keep going and look at the big picture and and work smart, work on those needle movers every day. That's it for this week, everybody. Have a great week. See you soon. Thank you for joining us today. And if you are ready to make your next quantum leap, let's do it. Ursula invites you to join us at the 2X Intensive. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. Don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.